Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is Sten. I would like to announce that my team in Nashville is looking to add an experienced advisor. This advisor would have approximately four years or more of experience, but more importantly, this advisor is looking for a new challenge. This advisor wants to take the elite path and reject the average path in our industry. In this role, you will work right alongside me growing your business. Together, we will help level up legacy as an organization. If you think you're up for this challenge, you can go to stenmorgan.com backslash apply to answer the questionnaire. Or if you're listening to this and you're thinking of another advisor that could be a good fit, please make that connection. If that advisor becomes an advisor on our team, I will send you a $5,000 referral fee. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Welcome to our podcast, Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor. I am Sten Morgan, here with my buddy Andy Traub. And today we're going to dive into uh, the ideal first year in our career. It's it's known to be, and I we did some research on this, 80 to 90% of advisors are gone within three years. And I I would submit, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this, that that has just become accepted. I, mean, I think there's people that are trying to make it better, but not like 50%. It's like, how can we sort of incrementally? So let me just ask you, is is there a way to change that? Is that just the way it is? I entered the business through one of those channels, the big yeah. insurance broker dealer, recruited a lot of people. The yeah. hope was, you know, if we get two studs out of every 10, we're winning. And I remember questioning that. And then I meet a lot of people that are at those firms. I'm like, these are smart people running these firms. Like yeah. the numbers must make sense. Yeah. Like they, they, or they'd be out of business at this point. So maybe at a certain scale that's just required, just more volume, the better. Yeah. As I've worked with smaller practices and even my practice, I've discovered there, there's a, a path you can pave and a way to attract uh, scrub potential candidates. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of time and money. I just think about that. Obviously, on a larger scale, you can maybe afford that. Mm-hmm. Literally, you can afford that. I just think if, as legacy, as we're sitting in, you know, our offices, like if if you only, I mean, if every, if you had to go through nine Chris's to get to Chris, who is working with us now, like, us, yeah, how much pain and expense and like how frustrating that would be. I would just stop. I think at some point I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have two or three staff members and I'm just going to maintain like, cause it is emotional. It's draining training somebody that then leaves. Like that is just like this. It, it, it could cause me to lose the love of the business, the practice, and it would just stall me out. Right. Because when I have rushed to hire, maybe didn't hold that person to as high of a standard through the interview process or in the first say 90 to 180 days. Yeah. It, it throws everything off. It yeah. takes me away from my superpowers, distracts the rest of the team. And I know a lot of advisors, and today, you know, we're speaking to first or second year advisors. We're taking, talking to people that recruit and lead young advisors. We're talking right. to if you own your own small firm and you're trying to attract these right, kind of people. Right. This is something, it should be on your radar because it's costly, not just in the money, but your time and energy. Yeah. It can be very, very, very discouraging to invest, invest, invest in someone, and then they don't pan out. So one of the things we're going to do this next section is we're going to talk about questions you can ask uh, that I don't think they're weird. They're not like what 
What kitchen? What do you? What, what kitchen? Uh, whatever would you be? Do you ever hear about this? <laughs> no. I'd be a blender. Why? Like there's like nice. these weird questions, and we're not going to do. We're yeah. not going that far out to the outfield. But, but I will are, say we also tell people that they need these people in order to have an elite practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason we're covering this is because you know we believe that you you have to be raising up people, um, and you don't have to go through nine of them to get to the right one in order to grow your practice and stay in your superpower, right, yep. uh, to exist in that. So first, let's talk about maybe some interview questions because early on, as early on as possible, you want to try to figure out in that process, does this person have grit? Does this person have a track record of success? And obviously, it's going to be in other areas because they haven't maybe been in that job before. But um, do they know themselves? We talk a lot about that on our show and with our communities is self-awareness. Oh, yeah. And that's not just I'm great at everything because then I'd say, well, you're not fully self-aware then because <laughs> there's yeah. no way you're great at everything. But do you know what your weaknesses are? And, and if they're aware of those, that's good. And then how mm-hmm. can you help them either develop those so they're not uh, as as weak or they go yeah that's that's okay if you're weak at that because we're going to hire someone to mm-hmm. to come around you in that yeah i mean if i'm talking to a 21 22 year old i would be okay with them saying there's just a lot i don't know like i don't i don't yeah think i have awareness i think i do but i'm pretty sure i don't yeah that's a great place to start yeah it's it's um it's awareness of your ignorance is right. it's, it's actually it's like yeah thank you for admitting that versus you know, I'm good. I'm like, oh boy, yeah. you are not. Which good. was Sten coming out of college, <laughs> you know, and this particular firm recruits athletes, and it's like, yeah. I think there's you can you can look at someone's background, ask them some questions, say, okay, they've overcome challenges, and we'll talk through some of these other questions. But um, you know, if humility was a mm. prerequisite, I would not have been hired for that internship. Well, so, and I think it. I think it also, and we'll, we'll probably have some other shows about this. We probably won't go too deep into this, but it's also sometimes I think that you do want humility, but also there's sometimes people would say, I don't want humility. I want people who are just like, I'm the man, I'm the right. woman, that's I'm, right. I'm, a, I will come in here and dominate. You know yep. what I mean? You, you know, it's. There, there's something to be said for I'm I'm awesome. You know what yeah, I mean? if the choices were timid yeah. or slightly annoying and overly aggressive, you know who, who you're going to pick to be on the the dodgeball team. You know you'd probably go for the ones <laughs> like we'll try to tone that person down as opposed to try to like rev this person up. So all of that is real, but the position's important too. Like if I was hiring a, a pair planner and they were coming in here saying I'm going to start my own firm, I want to recruit a bunch of people. Like I'd be like awesome, but that's not what we're hiring. This to. is huge. Make sure you're hiring people and that they want to be in the position that they are being hired for. Mm-hmm. Like, there is something about someone having aspirations. For instance, you know, I'm going to come in as a pair planner and eventually I'd like to be an advisor. But I understand it's going to take me two or three years to kind of mm-hmm. learn the ropes. And, okay, that's different than like, man, I want to be an advisor as soon as possible. And you're like, well, I need someone to do planning for me, yep. not to be another advisor. And so that's not a good fit, right? Yep. So let's talk about some of these um, just – interview questions that you could potentially use. Um, so what's the last challenge you've had to overcome that you're proud of? And that, and again, I like these sort of, cause they could be, you know what? I uh, didn't know how to change the brakes on my car and I like, I figured it out and I thought I'm not a very technical person, but that to me is like, wow, like that person figured out something that most people would be like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. You know? Um, and they're probably not wasteful with their money because they're like, uh, yeah, I wanted to figure that out. You know, um, what are the last three books you've read and or listened to and what did they teach you? Nice. Um, 
I, I know you're, you know, you love to read. Um, I'm, I'm listening to more books. Um, but I also think it's not just what are the books, but what have they taught you? Meaning like it's about retention, you yeah. know? I have a, my wife's young cousin, they're a big age gap, but he's in college now and, and I've consistently kind of fed oh, him, yeah, yeah. You fed told him me about books him. Yeah, and yeah. I love hanging out with him. He's, he, he's, he's hungry enough. He's an athlete, but you can still tell there's kind of like, I don't even know what to do next. Yeah. Like I kind of want to, and I'm just going to kind of hang out and slowly learn. And so I push him a little bit and there's a tendency, and I remember being this way, that you read a book and you could just repeat back to somebody what you just read. Okay. I don't know if you remember doing book reports and you essentially sure. just like summarize the book. My kids are doing book reports. It's, um, and I can just imagine the teachers getting waste so time. frustrating yeah. because they're like, you just summarize. Like, what did you learn and why was it important? Like all oh, these okay. deeper yeah. layer questions. And so out of these books, like who, not how. When I had him read that, I'd say, okay, what did you, what was the main three points you took away from it? And like, yeah. how could you apply those soon? Mm, yeah. And, and so like, I think there's just a deeper understanding, yeah. application of knowledge. That stuff's really important. Yeah. I love that. Uh, what are things you do to manage your time well? Now, there's a few nuances to this question. One is saying it's communicating you're responsible for your time management. Mm-hmm. Don't be a victim, yep. you know? Um, and also, it's an assumption, it's, a, it's an assumptive question. Mm. It's assuming that you are doing things to manage your time well, yeah. <laughs> right? And if they're like, uh, nothing, yeah. like, okay, well, that's bad. That's, you know that's, what I mean? Or that's good to know about them because you're going <laughs> to yeah, ask because that'll gonna be a problem. Here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, but I, but I would think if they're like, oh, well, I make sure that I have a recurring calendar thing for whatever. Like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, just you want to see, are they managing their life well before they come and try to manage a business? Because really, they're mm-hmm. going to own their own small business inside of your business, yep. right? Um. What's the last problem you solved? Um, I think that understanding that it's okay to come up against problems. It mm-hmm. could be a relational one. It could be, a, you know, my, my, my neighbor's crazy and is always yelling at me and I had to figure out how to win them over, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, but these are, these are questions I like the open-ended because I feel like there's no way they could prepare for these. Yep. They just have to, like, be doing life yep. and be doing life well. I wish when I look back, and I couldn't have had this perspective just magically, but now being a business owner and interviewing, what like, what am I really looking for? It's not like a unicorn that's solved every problem, that has every skill set. Like I'm expecting to train them. And a lot of business owners I talk to prefer to have more of a clean slate. Mm, interesting. But there are these core things you're trying to uncover. Yeah. Problem solving, uh, self-awareness. And if, and if you can slow your hiring process down a little bit, to discover these things, that doesn't mean, you know, there's going to be some things that are just go, no, go. We're like, I, this is going to require too much effort. I don't have the time for that. But what we'll talk about in a little bit is like, okay, now what path are you setting them on as a result of what you've discovered? Right. To to push them to overcome whatever shortfalls or blind spots they may have. Because every hire, especially at, you know, 22, 20, they'll have some. They haven't figured it out or they're going to be running their own business already. Right. And so... Hopefully the heart is like, I'm bringing somebody in, we have a system to train them, to challenge them, but also as a business owner, I have to discern as best I can as soon as I can, so I'm not wasting time. Yeah. Not wasting their time either. I mean, you're not going to bring someone on, it's not going to be a good fit because you don't want it and they don't want that. Um, I I think this one is interesting. Tell me a a recent situation where you went out of your way to be kind or to serve someone. Mm. It could be someone in your own family. It could be... Yeah, I stopped by the side of the road and helped this lady change her tire. I mean, it, does, it could be whatever. Mm. Uh, but I think that, again, you're looking for people that have some measure of character, mm-hmm. that it's it's part of who they are. They're not doing it because they're getting paid. Yep. They're doing it because they just, they're good people. Yep. Right. And there's people listening that are probably compensated based on 
frequency of recruiting, which means it's the metric of them staying is not as important sometimes as like we have to have enough advisors in the office. Yeah. And so I understand there's competing uh, KPIs potentially. I would encourage you, and this is the same thing with advisors finding clients. If, if you're getting to the point where you're trying to patchwork something because you have a scarcity mentality of potential prospects, they're out there. So the question shouldn't be, how do I water down my questions or my hiring process or the first 90-day gauntlet I put them through? It should be, for some reason, I'm not finding those people. So don't. So I would challenge you to hold true to a creative, challenging onboarding interview process. And if you don't feel like you're hitting the numbers or finding the people, like that's the question you'd be trying to figure out. Like, yeah. where are these people? I also think that you know people who like their interviews, people who like where they work, tell other people that. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's another way to be attractive. Be yeah. you know have an attractive interview and hiring and onboarding process. So they say. This is a good place to work. They are right. taking good care of me. They ask. It was a really good interview. I really liked it. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was more conversational. I didn't feel nervous. Yep. They they wanted to know who I was as a person, not just my GPA. That's right. Right. Because really, who cares? and how many people do I have in my immediate warm market to start calling tomorrow? <laughs> but that but that is also helpful. That is also helpful. Um, the last thing that I had written down was what's something you need to get better at to succeed in this position. Again, awareness. Mm-hmm. I have shortcomings, and also awareness of. Um, what what do you think you're going to have to do in this in this business? Yep. And again, I, we they don't know a ton about the position, but they should know enough to say, mm-hmm. as as far as I understand, I'm going to be doing this. And hopefully, they would say, I just I think I just need to know the products better. Or I need nice. to know like because they they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like thank you for saying you don't know. Yeah. You know. So let's talk about what year one can look like if you design it differently. Um, one of the things that you're big on is trying to learn from multiple advisors that sometimes it can be a curse sitting at one desk over the other because mm-hmm. you're next to someone that maybe you don't want to model your career after. Yeah, so, the first couple firms or offices I landed in, you know, there are people I liked, but not many people I looked and said, I want to have their business. Right. Like I want to be, I want to model my practice after them. And so the reps of seeing multiple people kind of for me expose what I don't want and gave me kind of a fire to try to find other advisors outside of my firm to interview and talk to. But awareness will not come with, this is all I know. I'm just going to become a product of what I was plopped next to Yeah, as more of a, I'm being tossed around by the waves or it's like, no, I have control over how quickly can I gain perspective? Because I know there's things I don't know. The sooner I figure those things out, the right. better off I'll be. And I'm going to take ownership and try to figure that out. You know, I've heard of, um, you know, athletes that get, picked up and they're kind of older and they'll be on a team and they're like, he's a locker room guy, meaning they're there just because they have this experience that younger people are going to get better because they're just around the veteran. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a, someone who's either in charge of, you know, recruiting new people or someone who's new, like there is so much wisdom in those veterans oh, yeah. that if you can just be in the room with them, yeah. I mean, say, I will take copious notes for you. I will, and whatever they need, mm-hmm. you will do that thing for them yep. uh, because you want to be in the same room yep. as those people. Which is a tough ask. If you're a senior advisor in a firm and you've built your practice and done this and then somebody comes to you and says, hey, will you train the young people for me that I'm incentivized to do well? Yeah. You know, what? Uh, just, you know, there's probably some people out there that'll just help for you know, the goodness of their heart. But they don't, probably don't have the time to train all the young people. And, sure. And so what what system is in place for that young advisor to get experience, but you're not going to the senior advisor and saying, hey, give me a bunch of your time and energy for free? Yeah. 
So, th- so there's definitely some problems to solve or obstacles to overcome in that. But there's so many resources out there that you can expose them to other things, whether it's a, a community of advisors, whether it's courses online, like exposure to increase awareness. Yeah. And the hope is, is as quickly as possible, these advisors can say, oh, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Like I thought this is what the business was, but now here's what it is. Yeah. The longer they don't have that awareness, the higher the probability is they're someday going to be like, no, this isn't for me. And it's going to ha- I, I We see it happening. It happens very, very quickly where people just go, I'm out. I mean, they hit eject so early. Yeah. And it's, I think that it would be very discouraging if you just looked around and all you saw were people like you sort of flailing around. That's right. Versus, you know, being around someone who's like, no, I'm slow and steady. Been here for a while. You can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, keep your, you know, keep, it'll be all right. Hold, hold, hold on. You know, yep. it's going to be tough for a while. Um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, it's like a preschool classroom and there's no teacher. You're like, <laughs> this is bad. That's you know? right. Uh, but, and it's funny, but like, that can be what some people's first year is like. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to put you with a bunch of other first-year people. Like, none of you know what you're doing. That's right. And what happens, and I've seen this before, like, they, they can start pairing up, like, somehow combined. You know, they they have a higher probability of doing better. And it's it's tough to watch. And I've sat back in firms doing my thing, and I've offered to help. And at times, I've gone to the leadership without even being asked and said, hey, do you, do you want me to help? I'm over, like, realizing there's some system at play here that just is not... Yeah thriving and it's probably going to continue to be average but for firms that want to say i, w- I want to be elite because there are firms out there that are great recruiters yeah great developers like this isn't a problem that hasn't been solved it's been yeah. solved it's just are the people willing to think differently and approach it differently right uh so again if if what your value is is your your ideas it's how can you get smarter faster how can you become elite which is not to just sort of hold on and do the minimum for for ten years. That's it's, right. It's accelerate that faster. And I call that the gauntlet. Uh, when Chris started, I was like, "You're going to have your CFP in uh, less than a year." I think I might even said six months, but it was a lot. Freaked him out a little bit. Yeah, I set him up in a way where that was possible, but it was still a stretch. Like he wasn't going to do it just by kind of wandering in and out of the office on his own schedule. It was like that's stressful. He's studying at night, studying on the weekends. So don't be scared of a hiring process that's creative. I know in the past we've tried to hire people for and we're like, hey, here's the answer to a question. Video yourself answering it. Send it to us. It's amazing how many people didn't do it. So we just knocked out half the applications yeah. there. Some people did it. Others, you get to see how they speak. Are they confident? Like, do not put yourself in a box of fill this thing out, take this, you know, this placement exam test that tells me some things or a disc. Come in here, we'll talk for a little bit. And as long as there's no huge red flags, you're hired. Right. And I think that's how a lot of people are hiring in this business. So you need to experience as many styles as you can in your first year. You mm-hmm. need to increase your value through study and uh, exposure to others. Building habits that produce. Um, and then I think also, well, let's talk about the habits one. Mm-hmm. How, how can you instill in someone that's younger, how as an as a early advisor, can you do habits that produce? I mean, I, the first thing I think of is just they say, Make a bunch of phone calls. Mm-hmm. What are the other kind of habits that will produce good outcomes throughout your career? As I look with some of the young advisors I've helped, their ability to track results versus effort. Because hmm. sooner they'll realize, like, why am I doing all this? I see somebody else getting better results faster with what appears to be less work. And so if you can help them self-check faster. Yeah. The goal is not to make a bunch of random dials. Cold calling probably has the lowest hit rate in our business for good clients. So why do you have to do that? Well, you don't. It's the easiest thing to start doing without any thought. 
but there's other ways to attract people. And, you know, within the Lead Advisor Network, we t- train a lot of our advisors that the ideas are the value. And I was talking to Kitsis the other day, and you know, he said, if, if your product is what between you, what is between your ears. Yeah. You need to get better. You need to get better product. Yeah. What does your shelf look like? Yeah. You know, yeah. like are your shelves bare yeah. or are, are or they old. overflowing yeah. with great ideas and things? And, and I've said this for so long. I don't care if you're 22, 30, 50. If you have solutions that will help people, you have a shot at that client. But if you're randomly cold calling and no one knows anything about you, you're hoping to randomly get the person, which yeah. I don't know many people like this, that will hold take that call, talk to you about their money. They don't know you and agree yeah. to meet with you. Like they're either desperate or like, and I just didn't want to build a business off of like these little unicorn moments. Yeah. I wanted to sell, I wanted to manufacture success. There is, a, there is a challenge internally of just belief, but I think that knowledge, you know, a deep, profound knowledge and a study will create confidence. Mm-hmm. But a lot of advisors need to recognize that if you, if you want great people, you have to attract great people. Mm-hmm. And that is by just becoming a better product. And that's a better you. That's right. Uh, one of the last things, uh, and I think this is unique to the way that you've onboarded your folks, is to, they don't have to sell to survive. Mm. I, I think that this is really, really difficult. And again, this is the way that a lot of the industry is built. But the idea that we don't have time for you to learn, we don't have time for you to sort of get embedded to our systems or sit in the room and take notes or even do your CFP like, you, you you need to mm-hmm. sell now. That's right. So what is the balance between, yeah, you do need to sell because if you don't sell, you can't be in the business, whether it's selling planning or selling a product. Yep. But what is the balance of not having to live off of only what you sell in the first year mm-hmm. so that you have some time to do that, you know, learning from others or just learning for yourself? No matter what you're bringing to the table, you have something to offer to somebody. And I know for me, I think I was paid $35,000 my first year to just work, prepare meeting reports for a senior advisor, to sit in on meetings and take notes, to do trading, all these things. I was like, I need to figure this out anyways. I'm either going to do it with my one meeting a week for a while as I get going, or I can help somebody else do it and get 10 reps a week. Yeah. And so could I have made more by going and selling stuff? I kind of understood the people that maybe needed it. I could have. But for me, the two years I spent kind of refining myself then just unleashed me when I started my own practice and was able to do other things. So we believe in kind of a two-year track for yeah, a new so advisor. Let, yeah, and let, let's end with this. What what, what what does a track look like mm-hmm. for a, a new advisor? And, um, and, and just lay that out for us. So year one, you're just in the trenches. You're we're prepping reports, sitting in on meetings. Like you just need to see how practices run. What what does a day to day look like? What what are the services we offer? I need to be studying on the side. Like you are a student of the game at that point. In year two, you should be getting some. Uh, maybe you're speaking in a meeting periodically. Uh, maybe you're presenting something. Maybe you're sitting in on a Zoom and get to chime in. At the end of year two, I would give these advisors a choice of, would you prefer to stay internal in the business, either pair planner or junior advisor, or do you want to step out and start having your own clients? If so, if they've got to that point, like with Chris now, a certain degree of client, I pass to him. Sure. And he runs it fully. So there is a track there. If, if you are a senior advisor and you're saying, I'm having capacity issues, there are plenty of people out there looking to looking for an on-ramp into this business that's not being pushed into the deep end just to sell a bunch of stuff. You just have to figure out what does this track look like? And am I ready to invest in somebody knowing that there's a chance it pays off in a big way or I might have to find a couple people? 
it's draining, it's hard, but well worth it. Yeah. I think, again, I think that if, if the industry could have that 18 to 24 month on ramp for people where they could really go, I'm going to learn the systems, then I'm going to really sell. Yeah. I mean, I think it just I mean, does, doctors don't just get to jump right in, right? I, and again, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but it, it is, it seems to me problematic that you, you would have to, right out of the gate, sell things that, frankly, you don't fully understand mm-hmm. um, and that you're not, your diagnosis isn't that great. Again, it's sort of a, a early, you know, I mean, what do they say? What do you call a doctor who gets a D in med school? <laughs> doctor. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, I, you want someone who's, like, taking the time to go through and actually do well. Yep. And I think it's a disservice when it's like, you're an advisor. Why? I don't know. Just because I'm an advisor. No, like, get better at those ideas. Mm-hmm. So, whether you're in your first you know year or two, whether you um, are involved with a company that um, is onboarding folks, um, you know we want to be a service to you. So continue to reach out to us, and uh, we want to be a practical help to you. And uh, Stan, thanks for your time today. Thanks, brother. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. Would you just take a quick minute and share this episode with someone that you think would benefit from hearing it? I'm guessing that someone comes to mind when you think of someone that's new in the industry or someone that's connected with onboarding people into the industry. And so just take a minute and and share this episode with them. If you're not already subscribed to our show, then we would really appreciate you doing that. We do release episodes every week and they're always practical and we try to make them to the point. In addition, if you haven't ever left a review of the show, we are sending out a copy of Sten's book to anyone who leaves the review of the show. Uh, during the month of January 2023. So you need to leave a review and then send a screenshot of your posted review and your mailing address to me, Andy, at eadvisornetwork.com, and then we'll send you a copy of Sten's book. Uh, On behalf of Sten and myself, thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself and that life's too short to choose the average path. Choose the elite one. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you.